0: price hikes that hurt. The inflation rate is insane. I'm really struggling.
1: Rising interest rates to battle inflation and how global events are impacting you.
2: Ukraine takes a pounding.
3: One explosion, we managed to throw everything in the bathroom.
2: The Russian advance and an urgent appeal for help to make room for
3: refugees in B.C. We need the federal government to support us. And medical
4: mistakes. I have no way of really grieving because this keeps coming back.
1: A hospital admits its failures after an investigation into the death of a young patient. You're watching Global B.C., this is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. It was widely expected, but the latest move by the Bank of Canada will still come as a shock to many people's bottom lines.
1: The bank has hiked its key interest rate to 0.5% in an attempt to calm inflation. Grace Key has more on the impact it could have.
5: For the first time since 2018, the Bank of Canada has raised its key interest rate by a quarter of a percentage point to 0.5%. It's an attempt to cool the inflation rate, currently at a
3: 30-year high. A quarter point rise in inflation doesn't get it done. No one says, hey, I was going to buy something, but it's a quarter point more to borrow. No, they don't do anything. The other thing is the other reasons like supply chain problems are getting exacerbated by Russia, Ukraine, not helped along, So we still have a shortage of supply. So, no, I don't think they have the tools actually to make a meaningful difference in inflation and certainly not a quarter point rise.
5: There's a lot playing out on the world stage that's causing plenty of uncertainty. Russia's unprovoked attack on Ukraine, oil and commodity prices have risen sharply and supply disruptions continue. More rate increases are expected.
3: I think the Bank of Canada, if we hadn't had the uncertainty surrounding Ukraine, Russia, was looking at about four quarter point increases this year and going forward next year. And there was plenty of analysts saying it's going to be more aggressive than that.
5: As for a mortgage, if you have a $700,000 mortgage with a five-year variable, you're looking at an extra $80 a month, increasing to $162 and $246 a month with each quarter increase. But if you locked in a fixed rate, you're looking at $3,170 a month. We
6: do expect that within the next 24 to 48 months that they will increase interest rates back to where they were at pre-pandemic levels. And the highest that price rate has been in the last 12 years is 3.95%, which is only 1.25% higher than today. But the hardest hit will be low income
7: earners, especially those in debt. If I'm carrying high interest debt, how do I get rid of that? how do i reduce that because that's my greatest vehicle along with really living blower means to be able to manage and ride through this difficult period we're in today
5: with food energy and other goods continuing to rise interest rates will be following grace key global news
2: while bc drivers have long paid more for gas than anyone else in north america the ukraine crisis and a string of other factors are pushing the price at the pump to new highs and as Catherine Urquhart reports, industry analysts are warning the cost to fill up is going to keep climbing. We have some of the highest gas
8: prices in North America. And as the war continues in Ukraine, experts say it will get even worse in the coming days.
3: And again, another seven cent a litre increase to 193.9 tomorrow. And it's not over, Paul. I'm looking at another three, possibly four cents a litre. Bringing it softly close to two dollars a liter before the weekend.
8: The average price in Vancouver, a dollar eighty-four a liter. Compare that to Alberta at a dollar forty-six, about a dollar fifty-seven in Ontario, and a dollar fifty-five in New Brunswick.
9: Well, I don't love it, of course, but uh, it, it is what it is. Everything's going up. I think it's more of a temporary thing. I um, work in downtown, and
10: uh, I pretty much. Uh, take their transit now.
8: With BC's price at the pump soaring, calls are growing louder for relief in the form of less taxation.
11: Justin Trudeau and John Horgan could get together and scrap the carbon taxes. They could get rid of 27 cents per liter off of this price, and that would go a long way to helping people.
8: But BC's energy minister indicated there are no immediate plans for tax breaks or price caps.
12: It's really uh, something that can be considered. But uh, I'm not contemplating that. I'm not considering that right now.
8: So for the time being, there will be no relief for British Columbians as they face even higher record-breaking prices for gas. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
1: No relief for Ukrainians either who are feeling the weight of war as Russia closes in on some of the country's most populated areas
2: but despite bombings from above and attacks on the ground, Ukrainians and those fighting uh, fighting for them are still battling back trying to block Russian advances Aaron MacArthur reports.
3: The battle for Ukraine's largest cities took a grim turn Wednesday. Social media posts verified by journalists show Russian jets bombing civilian targets.
10: The
4: 2nd of March, Kharkiv, Ukraine, 10 a.m.
3: In Kharkiv, the damage in the heart of the city is catastrophic.
4: Russia bombarded yesterday and in the night and this morning the center, the historical center of Kharkiv.
3: SEVEN DAYS INTO THE CONFLICT, RUSSIAN FORCES HAVE BEEN KEPT OUT OF THE CAPITAL, BUT THE airstrikes CONTINUE TO GET CLOSER. IRPIN, A SUBURB OF KYIV, HAS BEEN HEAVILY DAMAGED. RESIDENTS, UNWILLING OR UNABLE TO FLEE, STUNNED AT THE DESTRUCTION. We were hidden
8: in the
13: basement. We only brought our documents with us. That's all we have. We don't have anything else.
3: Around half past seven, one explosion. We managed to throw everything in the
14: bathroom. And then the second explosion was here.
3: The southern city of Kherson has now fallen. Russian forces can be seen clearly in the city center. The city of 300,000, a strategic hub giving Putin's forces more control over the Black Sea and a bridgehead to separatist areas in the Donbass region. Ukrainians have put up a remarkable fight against one of the world's largest armed forces. Wednesday, civilians could be seen standing up and blocking access to power stations. Unverified social media posts showing people stealing tanks from Russian convoys. The fighting expected to intensify as the conflict stretches into its second week. According to Ukrainian sources, casualties on both sides are mounting. Aaron
1: MacArthur, Global News. According to the United Nations, more than 670,000 Ukrainians have fled to the safety of neighboring countries since the Russian invasion began, a number growing rapidly every day. Global's Mike Armstrong is on the Polish-Ukrainian border with more.
12: This is a refugee processing center. We're about three kilometers from the Ukrainian border and the Korchova crossing. (laughs) There is a steady stream of refugees. It's not just that it's not slowing down, it's growing. According to the Polish government, about 98,000 people crossed into this country from Ukraine on Tuesday alone. That pushes the total to about 450,000 refugees who moved into Poland. And that number is expected to pass the half million mark today. Now, the refugee numbers from neighbouring countries are one thing, but those are the people who've been able to make it out to safety. There are tens of thousands displaced inside the country. The European Union estimates about 160,000 people have left their homes for other parts of Ukraine. Predicting what will happen, it says the number of displaced Ukrainians could climb to around 7 million. Of course, those numbers are just statistics. Individually, each of these men, women and children are just people left their homes behind and are living a nightmare. Mike Armstrong, Global News, Korchova, Poland.
2: Sanctions against Russia have been building since the invasion began, and the B.C. government wants to turn up the heat as well, as Richard Zussman reports, promising to crack down on B.C. property owned by Russian oligarchs.
9: First, it was removing Russian liquor from B.C. liquor store shelves. Then it was selling off Russian investments from the public service pension fund. Now, the B.C. government is going after property owned by Russian politicians and oligarchs.
8: We're prepared to to act on on uh, anything that the federal government um, identifies and whether that is uh, seizing properties, we're prepared to do that.
9: Governments across Canada have committed to sanction Russia in every way possible following the invasion of Ukraine. It's still unclear whether Russian oligarchs even own property in this province and an initial search has come up empty. We have
8: uh, some preliminary information information, nothing at this point indicates uh, that there's anything
9: problematic. But that doesn't mean the province is giving up, asking Ottawa to use additional tools to track down assets in this country.
15: We are looking carefully
14: at the holdings of all Russian oligarchs and Russian companies inside Canada. Uh, We're reviewing them and everything is on the table.
9: Back in 2020, there were reports from British media. This property, where Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stayed in North Saanich, was owned by a Russian oligarch. But official land titles have it linked to a local company. British Columbia did introduce homeowner transparency legislation in 2020, making it easier to track actual home ownership. Although for now, Most of the information before two years ago has not been inputted into the system. There was to be a deadline last November for all existing owners. The government extended that to this coming November. There are many uh, properties, of course, that were bought many years ago, and they would not yet be in the landowner transparency registry. Even without an updated registry, there is a lot of information available to government. The issue now is just knowing where to look. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
2: And Keith Baldry joins us now with more on the ripple effect in B.C. Keith, the budget is only a week old. It it only came Mm -hmm. down, I think, a day before Russia invaded. The crisis in Ukraine changes everything. So where does that leave us here?
16: Yeah, you know, yesterday, Federal Finance Minister Krisha Freeland issued a warning that we're going to feel, Canadians will feel collateral damage as a result of the extension of sanctions against Russia. And that has implications for provincial governments and their budgets. This is the budget. It's not now being debated in the House, uh, in the legislature as I speak. And again, this was just tabled last week by Finance Minister Selena Robinson. We thought obviously topical today. Let's put the question to her. What impact is she concerned about in terms of the imp- economic downside affecting her budget? Here's her response.
8: We're continuing, of course, to monitor to see how this plays out. Uh, but I also want to reassure British Columbians we've built in uh, prudence into this, into this budget, uh, so that we have, uh, the ability to, to weather, um, economic changes. And so again, we're continuing to monitor to see how things, uh, play out.
16: So again, she mentioned the word prudence, and she does indeed have a lot of prudence built into this budget to the tune of uh, billions of dollars potentially in revenue that's not uh, being forecast to come in. Uh, she experienced last year's budget came in ten, almost $10 billion more in revenue. She's projecting a decline in revenue. She's got a lot of elbow room and a big cushion here to absorb what could be a significant down, uh, downside impact coming from a result of sanctions against Russia.
9: Mm, we'll
2: see how it all plays out. Thanks, Keith. Mm.
16: All right. Well, people here in B.C. are working hard
1: to help those who have been forced to flee Ukraine. Thousands of refugee applications have already been approved, but that's really just the start of their journey. Kamal Karamali shows us how British Columbians are ready to welcome them when they finally get here.
17: It may look like all fun and games for the Rublevsky family, but these days, with every passing moment, there's only one thing on their minds. We help all our relatives across uh, Ukraine.
10: Horrifying! I'm really scared for them.
17: Their loved ones fighting to stay alive.
10: Everybody's scared
5: and everybody's uh, hiding
17: at this point. And hundreds of thousands more fleeing to neighboring countries. So far, Canada has approved 4,000 immigrant applications since the Russian conflict began. But the problem when they arrive, there isn't much support on the ground level to help them integrate into Canadian society. We need
3: the, the federal government as well to support us funding is desperately needed.
17: So in the meantime, this Maple Ridge family is swinging into action, chasing a goal that seems daunting, but they're pushing for it anyways. A completely voluntary and grassroots movement to find housing for the new refugees. But that's not all the list is long
3: they need to find a place to work right uh, they need a, a place to stay right they need clothing they uh, need uh, local support they need to learn the language
17: the journey has just begun but this family joining forces with the city of Langley and Maple Ridge they've already made some serious headway in the matter of a couple of days more than a hundred people have already come forward offering shelter to Ukrainian refugees
6: we want to make sure that when they get here they are taking care of, so we can uh, bring them to housing, um, get them set up in schools again.
17: But the immigration process can sometimes take more than a year. Now a plea to fast track it for Ukrainian refugees. We'd
3: like to call on the federal government to waive the processing times and fees. We need to get people here now.
17: So that those forced to flee can meet their new families.
3: We want them to uh, become part of uh, our local society
17: in their new home, and build a new life. Kamal Kermali, Global News.
2: Stunning revelations after the death of a young woman at Lionsgate Hospital. Patients die, and they get away with it. The warning signs doctors didn't take seriously, and how it might have contributed to the death of a patient, next on the Hour.
1: National pride. Why the invasion of Ukraine is Personal for this Victoria flag shop owner who's getting a lot of support from customers lately.
2: Also, when supply chain issues threatened to sink this B.C. boardmaker, how it found a new wave to ride. That's later.
1: Right now, though, a report by the B.C. College of Physicians and Surgeons into the death of a 29-year-old woman at Lionsgate Hospital is critical of the care provided by one emergency room doctor.
2: Natasha Forey's mother still has many unanswered questions, and as John Hua shows us, she's still searching for accountability.
18: Come back if your condition worsens. It's the advice countless patients are given before exiting the emergency room doors
4: the problem for me is this didn't have to happen.
18: That's exactly what Forey's daughter Natasha did on three separate occasions before the 29-year-old died at Lionsgate Hospital on October 12, 2020.
4: If Natasha had gotten proper care, perhaps she would be here today. I don't know. We'll never know.
18: This mother searching for both answers and accountability filing formal complaints with Vancouver Coastal Health and the College of Physicians and Surgeons of BC. Global News has obtained a copy of the college's inquiry committee report that includes a detailed timeline based on the accounts of those responsible for Natasha's care.
4: How is it that an otherwise healthy 29-year-old dies?
18: The first ER visit on October 2nd, 2020. Two doctors determined Natasha had an abscess in her pelvic area and it was drained. Pain medication was prescribed. The advice come back if things get worse. A week later, another ER visit and another doctor. Pain spreading in her lower right quadrant led to blood tests and a CT scan. More pain medication and the same advice given before sending her home. The very next day, Natasha was back. The pain was much worse. A third doctor ran some tests, then gave her IV fluids, pain, and nausea medication. Natasha thought she was feeling better and was discharged. 11 hours later, she returned in an ambulance, suffering severe pain and now shortness of breath. Static medication antibiotics and IV fluids were administered. A CT scan showed deterioration of the lungs, blood work pointing to possible septic shock. Natasha was then admitted to intensive care.
4: It was terrible because I was reliving it as Natasha and I was reliving it as myself. And I was re-traumatized and I know you know, how horrible it was.
18: Natasha was rushed into surgery with a potentially life or limb threatening emergency. Despite their efforts, she later died in intensive care. The official cause of death, respiratory distress and toxic shock syndrome.
4: I have no way of really grieving because this keeps um, coming back and there's no real accountability or justice.
18: The college committee cleared the actions of all the doctors except one. On October 10th, not only was a drop in blood protein underappreciated, But given that this was her third visit to the emergency, the committee believed a thorough reassessment should have been documented after the administered treatment and prior to considering the discharge home. Adding had the vital signs not improved or had deteriorated following treatment, further investigation and or admission to hospital would have been expected.
4: Natasha would have at least had a fighting chance. She didn't get that.
18: Requests for an on-camera interview with the doctor and Vancouver Coastal Health were denied. The health authority instead writing, This incident was tragic and does not reflect the high level of personalized care Vancouver Coastal Health strives to provide all our patients. Also citing recommendations including developing a new criteria for managing patients like Natasha, who keep returning without a clear diagnosis. An interdisciplinary learning review of these kinds of cases and better communication with a patient's family after a serious event. Now, according to Foray, those initiatives were already announced shortly after Natasha's death, including creating a clear process for following up with the families. But when Global News asked Vancouver Coastal Health after more than a year where it was in terms of implementing these important measures and whether any further action was being taken in light of the new criticism by the college, the answer they had nothing to add.
4: Because nothing's changed. I think it's just all smoke and mirrors.
18: Forey says BC's wrongful death laws do not protect patients like Natasha. And more needs to be done to hold doctors accountable.
4: I don't believe that this doctor is fit to be an ER doctor based on the findings. Patients die and they get away with it.
18: This mother believes what Natasha went through couldn't have gotten any worse. And is asking until the system changes, how many times do grieving families have to come back? To this tragic point, John Hua, Global News.
2: Just ahead, Kelowna criminals going unpunished.
1: We want our streets, our streets to feel safe.
2: Why RCMP feel like their work is going to waste with a prosecution backlog
1: and a mysterious figure caught on camera now a person of interest in a Vancouver murder.
11: I'm Dom Powers and Globe One, high above the Iron Workers. As you can see, it's moving pretty well north and southbound. Seeing a bit of a delay southbound as you make your way through the merges, the lower routes are doing quite well as well. With BCAA car insurance, it's easy to renew from anywhere from ICBC auto plan renewals to exclusive savings. Visit BCAA.com today. I'm Dom Powers and Globe One, high above the Iron Workers.
1: Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC in partnership with Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. Kelowna RCMP say they're making as many arrests as they can and still petty and property crimes are increasing in the city.
2: The problem, they say, is getting charges approved by the B.C. Prosecution Service quickly enough to keep offenders behind bars. Global's Darian Matassa-Fung has more.
14: The number of criminal offenses in Kelowna has continued to rise, but the criminals behind them aren't being prosecuted fast enough, according to Kelowna RCMP's Superintendent Kara Triantz. In a presentation given to City Council on Monday, Trine said hundreds of criminal files have been forwarded to the BC Prosecution Service but have yet to be approved.
10: 78% of our charges that were forwarded to Crown Council have um, not been approved yet in process.
14: Kelowna City Councillor Luke Stack raised the question during Monday's council meeting. He said he's heard serious concerns from residents who say they are experiencing crimes repeatedly in their neighbourhoods from repeat offenders.
1: Uh, we want people to feel that the RCMP is is doing its job and the RCMP works through the City of Colona, so that's my direct uh, link. Uh, we don't have a direct link to the uh, Ministry of Justice and uh, really I think people just want to know that if, if somebody is caught, that those people
14: would face justice. However, there appears to be a discrepancy between the numbers given by police and the B.C. Prosecution Service. The Crown says 74% of files it receives in Kelowna are assessed within 30 days. Recent figures for the Kelowna area indicate that approximately 74% of files are assessed within 30 days of receipt by the B.C.P.S. Cases that require more time are often the most complex, involving lengthy investigations with significant volumes of investigative materials. But Kelowna RCMP says 78% of its files that have been forwarded to Crown Council have not been approved. Darian Matassa, Fund Global News, Kelowna.
1: Vancouver police are releasing security
14: video of a
1: person of interest in the December murder of the Tatlow Park caretaker, Justice Daniel. Police hope someone will recognize this man and contact them. On December 10th, police were called to Daniel's home at Tatlow Park near West 3rd Avenue and McDonald Street. Investigators believe the 77-year-old had been killed the previous day.
8: The man in the video can be seen walking on the south side of Point Grey Road so we believe that he was in that area on the south side of Point Grey Road on December the 9th 2021 in the afternoon. Uh, This is the day that we believe Justice was killed um, as he was found the next day on December the 10th after he uh, hadn't been heard from uh, by people in his life. Um, We don't know what this man's involvement is right now he's just a person of interest.
1: And if you recognize the man in the video, you're asked to please reach out to the VPD's major crime section.
2: And Vancouver police are asking for the public's help to track down a stolen powered wheelchair. The electric mobility device, similar to this one, was taken from a home near West 41st and Maple between February 25th and 28th. The high-tech power chairs made by Will, retail for thousands of dollars. The stolen share's owner has limited mobility, and police are hoping it can be returned to them.
1: Just ahead, what some say is a big miss in the recent BC budget. The new budget had no mention of safe
17: supply or harm reduction.
1: Why advocates of a safer drug supply say we need urgent changes to BC drug policy.
2: And a new addition to the family. Good news for our resident killer whales.
11: I'm Don Powers, Global One, high above the Lionsgate Bridge. As you can see, it's moving pretty well. Northbound has only one lane to get by. Southbound is moving quite well with two lanes out of the North Shore and into the downtown core. Get best in-class protection and savings with BCAA Insurance. Learn more at bcaa.com. I'm Harris Powers, Global One, high above the Lionsgate Bridge.
1: There's some big news in the Canadian airline industry. WestJet has reached an agreement to buy both Sunwing Airlines and Sunwing Vacations. The move is the latest shakeup in an industry that's faced strong headwinds from the pandemic. At this point, there's no official word on the value of the sale. And WestJet's CEO says the takeover won't lead to any further job cuts. The deal still needs approval from federal regulators. And if that happens, the deal should close by the end of the year.
2: In Health Matters tonight, a look at the latest COVID-19 numbers. There are 517 people in hospital now. 73 of those patients are in the ICU. That is the lowest number we've seen since the start of the year. There have been 10 more deaths recorded due to complications of the virus. And we have 442 new confirmed cases.
1: Also in Health Matters, advocates for BC's drug users say the recent provincial budget doesn't do anything to establish a safer supply of drugs, even with record overdose deaths.
2: And as Amadagahi reports, they say it's also troubling to see how the province might be bracing for another deadly year.
10: To overcome the devastating toll on British Columbians from overlapping emergencies like climate change and COVID, The province is budgeting billions in 2022. But when it comes to the third and sometimes forgotten crisis...
5: This government, it lacks the will, it lacks the the courage to even try. It has a majority. How pathetic is this? They're not even trying.
10: Harm reduction advocates are deeply disturbed, they say, after reviewing and finding no specific mention of safe supply in the 2022 provincial budget after a record-breaking year of toxic drug deaths.
5: None of these people need to die. Not all of this is preventable. This doesn't have to happen.
10: 2,224 people were killed by toxic drugs last year, more than a 400% increase over the past seven years.
8: Last year's budget committed... $430 million to fighting the overdose crisis over a three-year period. $22.6 million is specifically targeted to prescribe safe supply.
17: The new budget had no mention of safe supply or harm reduction, and it's wonderful that the ministry is willing to point out previous mentions and previous funding for safe supply, but the Proof is in the fact that there currently is no safe supply available to people. For
10: those advocating for the lives of BC drug users, another jarring section of last week's budget is a $12 million increase to the capacity of the BC Coroner's Service, which to them only means one thing.
17: The government is increasing funding for BC Coroner's Service, but not increasing any funding for safe supply or harm reduction. Is really telling that this is going to continue to get worse and more people are going to die because of lack of political
10: courage.
5: It was demolishing. I've never read a more devastating paragraph than that one with the coroner.
10: Um, Amad Global News.
5: Up
2: ahead, flag fever. Sorry, your phone's ringing off
14: the hook. Yeah, that phone is ringing off the hook.
2: The Victoria Shop helping supporters of Ukraine show their true colours.
1: But first, the BC board company rides a new wave of success after supply chain issues almost crushed it. Believe BC is brought to you by Pacific Blue Cross small business health plans. Find out more at pacificbluecross.ca. You're watching Global News Hour at 6 well here's a little bit of good news we could all use right now a new baby whale has been born
2: the orca infant of j pod was spotted by the center for whale research off san juan island tuesday it was in a tight group with its mother j37 and other family members the sex of the baby whale which is officially known as j59 is not known, but its size and shape are said to be typical of a calf in good physical condition. J-59 is the first calf born into j Pod since September of 2020.
1: Very lucky if you spot one of those. Seemed like everybody spotted a rainbow out there today with the appearance of rain and sunshine. Christy joins us now with a look at the weather.
6: Mm Mm-hmm. So today's day two of March. Today's day two of more spring-like weather. Day two of rainbows. Uh, Yeah, so another major storm rolled through. We didn't have any lightning from it, but here's a quick look at that incredible... Sort of cumulonimbus uh, without the thunderstorms or without the lightning, but uh, downpours of rain uh, and gusty winds underneath that. And then in behind it, yes, these gorgeous rainbows and full rainbows uh, spotted from Tawassan and from all over the lower mainland. This one from Burnaby. Uh, Yeah, Ranjit was saying, it feels like it's so close I could touch it. Maybe the gold is nearby. Uh, So here are the bands of rainfall that are pushing across the region. We still do have showers in the forecast through the over night period. As we head into tomorrow morning, I wouldn't rule out a risk of thunderstorms as well because we're going to see these upper level lows sort of shift in across the region, but the bulk of the moisture is across that southeastern corner of the province and we'll continue to see that moisture there. Now tomorrow, we are going to see a transition day, but I'm keeping in a chance of showers through not only the morning, but in the afternoon as well. Although by the late afternoon, evening hours, I am expecting a little bit of a clearing, certainly towards our Friday as we talked about that big upper level is set to build. So Friday through the weekend still looking terrific to everyone. Uh, Some snow in through the higher elevations uh, overnight, but overall we're looking at rain through that southeastern corner uh, throughout the day. And for the south coast, it's just a chance of showers in the morning for Vancouver Island, but the lower mainland will likely see those showers linger into the afternoon. It's not until late afternoon, evening hours that we'll really start to see things ease up. But look at that. Friday through Monday, lots of sunshine on the way. It'll be mild during the day. Chilly at night though, as we Start to see the clear skies will lose a lot of heat at night. One last shot of this beautiful rainbow. There it is, full. This is looking out from Lulu Island. Thank you to Natalie Tan for that great shot. Back to you guys.
2: Big rainbow. All right. Thank you very much, Christy. Well, water sports, including paddle boarding, surged in popularity during the pandemic. And for one Whistler shop owner, initially that was a good thing.
1: That's right. Until he was faced with lengthy product delays and skyrocketing shipping fees. Nitu Garcha has more on how he pivoted to ride a new wave of success. The foam
7: is from here. The resin from here. The labor's from here.
13: Using locally sourced sustainable materials in a space spanning just 800 square feet, this Whistler shop has all the bells and whistles to create custom boards for essentially every kind of water sport out there.
7: It's a wake surf, a kite surf, a, a foil board. Especially uh, wing foil now is really growing.
13: Owner Steve Legg says demand hit a new peak during the pandemic, but a bigger
7: problem plagued his business model of ordering from overseas. Our sales dropped not because of interest, interest went through the roof. Pro- getting product was our, uh, a major nightmare, as everybody's experiencing.
13: He says his shipping costs soared from about $8,000 to nearly $26,000 for a single container, crushing his margins.
7: I said, hey, hang on a second here. We were able to get a BC Small Business Grant.
13: With that grant, Leg invested about $35,000 on a CNC machine from Seattle using technology reminiscent of
7: a 3D printer. The process is this. You actually see a cheap 3D file. So once we have the file made, I then make a G-code That G-code runs the CNC machine. The file goes in the machine. The recyclable styrofoam from Delta is then cut and the boards are shaped by hand. After you you spread your, you get your cloth on it, you get the bottom layer, we dye the resin. The resin itself that goes applied onto the board, we polish it, buff it all out, put the logos on.
13: Leg, who's been designing them since the mid-80s, says he's never been more proud of the product.
7: I know the end consumer so far has been extremely, extremely uh, receptive of it, and it's just it's a it's a great feeling. It's just humbling.
13: Now riding the wave of an unexpectedly positive pandemic pivot, Nitu
1: Garja, Global News. Can't wait for summer.
2: No kidding. Good. I can't stand up on those things for more than (laughs) one point five seconds.
1: (laughs) That's right. I'll give it a shot, but I I usually fall too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, what's going on next? Squires there.
0: Oh, yes, I am. Yes. Uh, Well, Vanny Sartini says he has gotten over that uh, 4-0 loss last Saturday against Columbus, but he still can't believe it happened.
15: Uh, We've been uh, so, so, so bad that it looked not even true. Unfortunately, it was
0: true. And now the Whitecaps have to regroup to uh, play the champs from New York on Saturday.
2: He still makes it sound good, though.
1: Yeah, I I just (laughs) love the way Vanny describes it. Uh, Also coming up tonight, the Victoria Flag Shop doing booming business ever since Putin invaded Ukraine. Squire, what's going on with the Canucks?
0: Well, they'll play the Islanders tomorrow night, another game on this Eastern road trip. And all the talk of what is wrong with Elias Pettersson has quieted down. He has 14 points in his last 10 games. If you go through February, 14 points in 10 games. And in the process, he has become Bruce Boudreaux's Swiss Army knife. He's the guy Boudreaux feels he can put with anybody and those players will become more effective. It's why he has separated Pedersen from the lotto line. Today at practice, Pedersen was out with Connor Garland and Nils Hoglander, and sometimes Phil Di Giuseppe. They had him skating with them as well.
14: Uh, we don't have enough guys that uh, um, make other guys better when they play with them. So I mean, I, I can I can afford to use PD in that situation. I'd love him to, you know. To see if you know if he had matthews and dry on his line how he would do but uh, he doesn't so um guys work hard with him he's been working hard his best friend on the team is hoggy so we put them two together and because they communicate well together but uh, um, uh, it's a great uh, attribute when you can put somebody on any line and he makes that line better
0: well let's see what the abbotsford canucks are doing tonight Mikey DiPietro and Abbotsford in Toronto to take on the Marlies. They're already up 1-0. Danila Klimovich will make it 2-0, or make that 2-1 for Abbotsford. Toronto scored the first goal. Uh, Sheldon R- game, a couple of goals, including this one. Terrible giveaway by the Marlies. Yep, Eric Shulgren gives it away right in front of his own net. Rempel scores, and the Marlies win this. Make that the Marlies lose to Abbotsford by the score of 6-4. for Abbotsford. Uh, The Vancouver Whitecaps' first game of the season was like a bad online date. Their profile picture didn't look anything like they looked in real life. All the anticipation, all the excitement after that great finish the last season, they came back with pretty much the same players, give or take a few, and then they play one of their worst games since the days when Mark DeSantos was the head coach.
12: Turns, and the first
1: chance
15: is behind
1: Thomas Hassall.
15: Now the ball's into the middle the 10, is all alone in front, and it is 2-0 Columbus. If you watch the game on TV, I think in the first half, for the first 35 minutes, you didn't know if the other team has a goalkeeper or not, because we never went out of our half.
12: It was 2-0 at the half, 4-0 was the final. As far as season openers go, that's about as bad as it gets. The Whitecaps couldn't defend, and they couldn't score. So how did it get off the rail so fast how do the Caps make sure it doesn't happen again this weekend at BC Place when Vancouver hosts the defending MLS champion, New York City?
15: We were so bad because uh, mainly we went away from our core principles. Uh, Our core principle is when we build up to play as as practical as we can, to play fast in the other midfield, and we try to overplay a lot. We try to be uh, something that we are not. We give away a lot of balls close to our goal, putting our defence in, uh, in a lot of pressure and when you are pressure, pressure, under pressure, under pressure then it's easy to make a mistake Ready. Force them on the side. Play.
12: At training this week the Whitecaps have maintained a Ted Lasso goldfish mindset. They're back to work focusing on the task at hand. Mind you it's still in the back of their mind how poorly they played
15: We have to be honest we... Uh, we've been so, uh, so, so, so bad that it, it looked not even true. The first 30 minutes were totally unacceptable, I would say. Now we recovered. We need to forget about the result. We, don't, we have to uh, remember why we were so bad, because we were really, really bad, and that's the thing that we are trying to work this uh, this week.
0: And when the Cats play at home against New York FC Saturday at BC Place Stadium, they would like all fans to put on blue and yellow to show solidarity with Ukraine. The White Castle also donate money to the Red Cross Ukraine humanitarian appeal on behalf of all who attend the game.
14: We are blue and white, but on Saturday we are blue and yellow. So everyone who comes should bring yellow, that there is as much yellow in the stadium as possible to show us united with the Ukraine in this difficult moment.
0: The Seattle Seahawks want to be Pennywise without being pound-foolish. And I'm not talking about Pennywise the Clown, because that would be too freaky. I mean running back Rashad Penny, who's an unrestricted free agent that Seattle wants back, often injured. He finally got healthy enough to play up to his potential in the second half of last season and was one of the Seahawks' few bright spots.
16: Once he got going, he ripped. And he had a huge impact on, on, our, on our offense, on the running game in particular. And his explosiveness was just so obvious, it just jumped at us. I mean, he rushed for 700-and-something yards in five games, you know, which was crazy. And uh, his confidence just soared. Uh, he goes into the offseason feeling the best he's felt in the last three years. Uh, he's off to a great start. He's working hard. He's determined and disciplined and, and wants to come back, and we want to get him back and all that. Pete Carroll also
0: said the Seahawks have no intention of trading Russell Wilson, but they have had calls
1: about him. I'm sure mm-hmm. they have. All right, thanks very much, Squire.
2: Up next, the Victoria Flag Shop running out of blue and yellow. Why the Ukrainian flag has special meaning for the store owners. A downtown Kelowna restaurant is getting ready for a fundraiser to help feed people in Ukraine. Through people here in Canada share our um, love,
19: uh, show our love, support to Ukrainians.
1: The staff at the Georgia Cafe are prepping a number of traditional Ukrainian dishes for a takeout lunch fundraiser. The $12 meals will be served Friday and already more than a hundred lunches have been pre-ordered. The restaurant is donating its kitchen and its supplies and dealing with a constant stream of orders. All of the money raised will go to the Canadian Red Cross Fund for Ukraine. Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, prior to the war in Ukraine, few British Columbians could likely identify the Ukrainian flag. But today, it is one of the most requested items in flag shops across the province. And
1: in Victoria, the blue and yellow flags are being quickly snapped up to show support for the people suffering in Ukraine. Kylie Stanton has more.
19: The fabric is measured, cut, and stitched. Two pieces coming together, telling the story. Of a country.
14: It's the sky, the blue sky over the Ukrainian fields of, of wheat and, and sunflowers.
19: The flag is a powerful symbol.
14: It means everything about home, it means all the good things.
19: Yet so simple in design.
14: Thank goodness, because <laughs> we can make it fairly, uh, fairly easily.
19: But now it's a matter of keeping up with demand.
14: Good afternoon, the flag shop. As soon as uh, Putin in- invaded
5: uh, Ukraine, we uh, were, were just off the wall with people wanting
4: flags.
19: Brennick is one of many Canadians of Ukrainian descent still coming to grips with what's happening.
4: Very close to home. You know, that's that's the hard part of it.
19: And so she's come out of retirement to help, making roughly 20 flags a day. Many on display Sunday at this rally, including the 12-foot flag for the Ukrainian Cultural Center.
10: Thank you, thank you, thank you. The
19: show of support is what's keeping her going. It means a lot. It makes me proud. But with the fabric dwindling and the shipment of printed products roughly two weeks away, This team has their work cut out for them.
14: These are all the back orders that we're working through. And um, we are committed to making sure that everybody has a flag by the end of next week. That one's going up to Nanaimo.
19: But as each flag flies out the door...
14: This one's town of Ladysmith.
19: More orders... Last name again. ...come in.
14: We'll call you as soon as it's available.
19: The plan is to keep sewing. Every stitch making the flag and perhaps the country a little stronger.
14: I hope the whole thing ends. (laughs) You know, let's hope that it ends quick and uh, they can find an end to this conflict.
19: Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Absolutely.
1: Sounds like they could have 20 sewing machines going full-time. Somebody in Ladysmith's getting one, so that's that's good to know. All right.
2: Well, the owners of the flag shop, by the way, will be donating a portion of the profits of the sale of those flags to the Ukrainian Cultural Centre in Victoria.
1: Last word from Christy on weather before we go.
6: Still a chance of showers overnight and into tomorrow, but we will see a drying trend late tomorrow with lots of sunshine in store for us after that. It is going to be chilly at night as we head into the weekend, but at least nice and sunny and warm during the day.
1: Maybe a third day of rainbows tomorrow. Who knows? All right. Thanks, Christy. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a good night.
6: Good night, all.